Lord God, we ask that you would indeed allow us to know you so deeply that all glory, loud and honor would be made known through our very lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is truly thrilling to be preaching with you this morning. I was a pastor here about nine years ago for about nine years, and I was involved in the move from the chapel building down to this building, and God has called me back. It's my great joy, and anticipating now the taking down of the chapel building and the raising up of the new building. It's just such a treat to get to be part of the life of this congregation. This morning, I bring to you a message that is not part of Scott's 10 verses that are going to change your life. I hope that this verse is also going to change your life, but you might think of it as kind of verse 9.5. It's just in the middle. Scott will be back with verse number 10 next week. So I want to start with a story. Um, My husband and I were married a couple years when we got invited to his 10th high school reunion. He's a little bit older than I am, so I had to put that in there. It was my first reunion, and I found out that there's kind of a lot of anxiety about reunions. I've heard that this diminishes, but you'll find out that we are not often reunion goers. We just went to this one. And, you know, there was concern about how we looked, what we were going to wear, our weight, my haircut. I was kind of intrigued about the whole reunion thing. Especially more so when I heard that in Tyler's, my husband's graduating class, was Ron Howard and Rene Rousseau. Tyler said in high school, they were really no big deal. You know, Ronnie Howard, they'd known him since he was a kid in Mayberry RFD, and this was really no big deal. And Renee Rousseau, nobody even noticed her. Well, I was excited about meeting them. And when we went to the reunion, I was given a button, and it had my husband's high school graduation picture, his name, and my name. And as I was meeting and greeting people with an eye out for when Ron Howard might arrive, I began to get a lot of questions. You're Tyler Easley's wife. Yes, I am. Wasn't he a football player? Yes. Wasn't he on the team that one day shaved their heads before the game? Yes. And you said he's become a pastor? (laughs) Yes, he's a pastor. And how did the two of you meet? Well, we met in graduate school. Well, what kind of graduate school? Well, the kind of graduate school that you go to when you're going to get ready to be a pastor. Is that like a priest? Yes. And, you know, the crowds, like, we're coming over. This is her. She's married to Tyler Easley. Remember Tyler Easley. You see, in Tyler's life, there was a time when evidently they didn't expect him to become a pastor. (laughs) I missed it. (laughs) In our passage today, we hear the teaching, once you were no people, you were not a people. Now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This teaching is kind of a rewrite from the book of Hosea. When God says to a gathered people, you are not my people and I am not your God. This teaching is the new covenant. This is a new hope. This is written to people who were far off that now God's saying, come in close. Let me tell you this. Once you were not a people, but now you're my very own people. You're the children of a king. Why? Not because of your own good works, not because of your merit, but because you had not received mercy 
And now there's mercy in the person of Jesus Christ. You are a new people. Now, this isn't only you all. You are wonderful people, First Presbyterian Church of Bellevue. But you are not the only people of God. There are people of God right down to the Lutheran Church right now gathered for worship. <laughs> there are many churches that you drove by in order to get here. They, too, are the people of God. There are people that Allie was speaking about, people who don't look anything like us, whose daily lives aren't anything like ours. They're the people of God. But we, today, gathered in this place, are called to become more and more the people of God that God is asking us to be. Now, there are some particularities about us, and I'm going to ask you, this is kind of a participation worship service today. There was marching, and now I'd like to see raising of hands. We are people who drive around the parking lot and do not find a parking space. Anybody here at 9 o'clock had to go up to Bellevue Christian after driving around? We're people who are kind of stubborn. You know, we don't drive up to Bellevue Christian and just park to start with and take the shuttle. We drive around and around. We find it hard to be the people of God. We are people, anybody who works at the Jubilee Reach Center, this is a good one. Let's see your hands. Fabulous. Amazing. I've been, gotten to uh, visit the Jubilee Reach Center, and I feel like there it is, first press in action. What a joy to see you all being the people of God out in the community. Some of you are the people of God who have, let's see, ever taught Sunday school? Ever. In your whole life. There you are. That's being the people of God. Now I have a new challenge for you. Some of you are the people of God who have already completed your reveal survey. Bless you. Bless you. It's true. I have permission from Scott Dudley to say, it is good for the kingdom of God if you complete your reveal survey. This reveal survey, I had the opportunity to learn more about what we are going to find out from the survey this past Wednesday. The reveal survey is coming out from the Willow Creek Church. Willow Creek Church is a huge non-denominational church that's only a couple decades old and has really transformed the landscape of American Christendom, if you will. I, I don't think that's an overstatement. They through their executive pastor, God bless him, were doing an assessment of their ministries. They're putting hundreds, millions of dollars toward their ministries. And when they did an evaluation, they found out that some of their thoughts about what helped people grow in faith were not based in fact. <laughs> These were ideas that pastors and leaders had about what would help people grow in faith, and they invested in those ideas. But when they began to test, when you do this, does it help you become more a person of faith? The answer, unfortunately, was no, it doesn't really help. People who do this grow. People who don't do this grow. So Willow Creek is sponsoring this survey, and we're one of 500 churches that are now invited to take it. 16,000 people have already taken this survey, so you can do it. You may find it aggravating. It may ask you about your attitude in four different ways, and you think, I've already answered this question. That's how surveys are. So friends, 
truly, I'm encouraging you, as the people of God gathered at First Presbyterian Church, we are invited to help churches, not only even in the U.S., but around the world, become more effective in their ministries by simply filling out a survey. Last week, Scott said you don't have to go to Africa. This week, you just have to sit in front of your computer or a church computer, cup of coffee, fill out a survey. You can do it. Because once you were no people, now you're the people of God. (laughs) Like the graduates of any given high school, we, the people of God, are asked to infiltrate our world with the very presence of God. I was reading in ESPN magazine. It's true. It comes to our house. And one of the headlines caught my eye. It was about the quarterback, John Kitna. Some of you remember him from when he played in Seattle. And then he was at large. Now he's part of the Detroit Lions. And he claimed they were going to have 10 victories this year. And they just might do it. It's kind of an exciting season for the Detroit Lions. But Kitna, teammates and coaches say stands for, his very person, stands for hard work, responsibility, temperance, and selflessness. Kitna has become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and it's making a difference in the way he lives his life. It's shaping his very identity. Kitna uh, says this about his own life. My first priority to this team is to be a quarterback. But my priority in life is to be a man of God. My priority in life, the bigger, the deeper priority, is to be a man of God. Friends, that's what it means to be the people of God. Once we were no people, now we are the people of God. It's in our very being. It's in what we do, it's in what we say, but it's at our core. And how do we move from being no people to the people of God? By receiving God's mercy. And I say this with open hands. You can't grab on to God's mercy. You you need to ask for it. You need to receive it. It's given as a gift. We don't earn it. Now, I like earning things. I think this began when I was a child. I was a Girl Scout. Anyone else? Girl Scout? Boy Scout? Yes. Did you have a passion for merit badges? I did. And I even found my sash. In my memory, my sash was full on both sides. Because I treasured my merit badges. I absolutely enjoyed being a pen pal and learning how to build a campfire. But what I loved even more was getting the badge and getting it onto my sash. We are a people who like merit. We like to be honored for the good that we do. But here's the thing. Mercy is not about merit. We don't receive God's mercy because we've earned it. We receive God's mercy because we need it. And I think that's a hard lesson for us today. There are so many things that we are proud of, so many accomplishments. I'm proud of being your senior associate pastor. I like that title, senior associate. It, it sort of has a flair to it. We, we like to be the CEO or the CFO, or we like to make partner. We like to be the room mother. We like to be the one who gets recognized for having offered ourselves, for having done something special. It's a normal human condition. 
But friends, no matter what we get on our resume, it will never get us into heaven. That's not how you get there. That's not, that's not the sash that you need. It will never allow God's kingdom to be in us unless we open up our hands and ask for God's mercy. My kids like to play a game, and I was thinking I might play it with one of you mus musicians, but you need your fingers. So it's a game where you entangle your fingers with someone else's, and you kind of push as hard as you can until someone cries out, Mercy! Which means, I give. You win. God is saying to us, Friends, put your hands in mine. I have a mercy for you that's deeper, that's more significant than any identity you can stick on yourself. You know, there's two ways that I want to talk about this um, mercy, not merit. First of all, this, the sash of belonging to God, we don't, we don't add on Christianity as one of our badges. It's, it's not just something to check off. I got that on my resume. Mm -hmm. Became a Christian. That's good. Check. It's, it's bigger than that. And then secondly, it's not something that we put on and wear around. I'm a Christian. How about you? You know, I've got, I've got more Christianity. No, it's the very opposite. We come to Christ in humility. Lord, I need you. I need your mercy. One of the oldest prayers of the church is Kyrie eleison in Latin. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on me when I judge another. And I'll bet some of you who know about John Kitna were thinking about that when I brought up his name. Because John Kitna evidently crossed the line at, with his Halloween costume. He, if you haven't heard about this, ooh, I don't even really want to tell you, but here it goes. John Kitna, great Christian man, one who's being lifted up as a follower of Christ, um, thought he'd have a little mischief on Halloween and um, make fun of another football player who evidently had gone through the Wendy's wearing nothing but his birthday suit. And this other guy, um, that was not a good thing. He got ticketed for that. So John Kitna and his wife dressed up as if they were in the buff. Uh, going through the Wendy's and I guess they got a lot of laughs Kitna asked the other guy if it was okay But the press picked up on it because here's John Kitna being lifted up as a Christian and others are, are judging him for that behavior He needs mercy. He said I'm sorry if if I haven't represented God well That's us friends We don't do it perfectly We don't we'll never do it perfectly We'll never get so many badges on our sash that we're worthy of being admired. But we are receiving God's mercy every day. Just enough to get us through the day. Just enough to be a little more loving to our neighbor. Just enough to recognize that we need forgiveness. That things that we do in our household are not admirable. That things that we say are not the words God would want us to say. That maybe we fudge just a little bit on our expense account or on our hours at work or on the truth. Or maybe we don't call someone who desperately needs to be called because we just don't want to hear their problems. Or maybe we don't structure our day or our life in such a way that there's any time or any money left over to serve God. Because we want our merit badges. We want what we want when we want it. Lord, have mercy on us. Let us become more and more the people of God 
that you want us to be. Please pray with me. Lord God, we want more of you in our lives. We want more of Jesus in us and through us to serve the world. Lord God, we confess that the words that we say are not always your words. That the thoughts that we have about what is important are based on our own good merit, not in your merit. Lord God, as I hear Ali share the things that she experienced in Rwanda, I am convicted about the pettiness of my own goals. Lord, I ask that you would so shape us that we would become more and more the people that you have in mind. That we, this very congregation, would be salt and light in the world. That we would so love each other that others would come to know you because of the way that we live. Lord God, give us grace to live our lives on mercy, not on merit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.